Investment advisory services offered through Daniel Meyer, a registered investment advisor. During this show, Daniel Meyer provides general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and is not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Forge Private Wealth. By contacting Forge Private Wealth, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products. If you're planning on retiring soon or have already retired, understanding each of the five common stages of retirement and what you can expect as you move through them within your own journey can be very helpful as part of the planning process. So stay tuned. We're going to welcome in to Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. The solution set is going to be designed in such a way that it's helping bridge the gap between where the client is and where they want to go. Your retirement matters. One size never fits all. There's no one approach in financial planning. There's no one investment solution or product solution that should fit more people than it's designed for. He has the heart of an educator. There's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. And now, Capital Insights. Welcome in, everybody. This is Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, Daniel, of course, he is a fiduciary, nearly 20 years helping folks get to and through retirement and uh, really uh, just kind of keeping it all together. You guys are staying so busy, Daniel, just based on what you're telling. Yeah, it's it's a busy life, right? Yeah. We were talking about on the work front, it's always busy. And then, you know, I've got four kids that keep me running here and there. So, um, yeah, we're, we're busy, but we love it. This is how we would prefer things to be. Sure, but I couldn't agree more. And, you know, so we're talking about the various stages of retirements and uh, retirement. Um, and, and again, they're all really important and they all have a specific role. Um, top of the list, the pre-retirement phase. What, what does that constitute? Does that mean just starting when I'm, when I'm young and start saving? Is that, all, is that what that means? Um, more specifically, we're looking at, you know, that five to 10 years okay. prior to pulling the trigger on retirement. Sure, right? sure. Um, so we like to talk about the different phases of retirement because I think, um, you know, if you're in the process of planning or if you're in retirement, it sheds some light on not not a process that everybody goes through, but some of the common things that people experience um, for different lengths, either in the pre-phase or when in retirement, um, that can maybe help inform some of the things that, you know, you might expect to experience. And, you know, it might affect also how you plan your retirement, right? Sure. So the pre-retirement phase, that five to 10 years out, um, that's where a lot of people do some of that, you know, last, you know, last part of the process, extensive planning, you know, regarding their assets and what they're going to do with them in transitioning from work mode to retirement mode. Um, it's also where you start to think about that life change, right? Um, the clock starts in your mind. It's thinking, you know, I'm not that far from potentially not needing to get up at 7 a.m. every day and go to work or do whatever it is that you do in your professional life. And, and that starts the ball rolling on uh, thinking about what life would look like after that. Sure. And so it's, it's an important part of the process. 
Right. And, and as we begin to get to, into that financial red zone and that, you know, five to 10 years before retirement, and once you reach it, uh, there is, like you were just talking about, this sort of a giddiness that occurs, a honeymoon phase, if you will. Uh, that can be a fun time. Yeah. Um, I've had clients use that exact phrase, right? Um, we retired and we, we went through a bit of a honeymoon where things just seem too good to be true. Um, you know, it's usually not immediate. Um, some of the initial anxieties around the transition can, can weigh on you a little bit, but they tend to dissipate fairly quickly. Um, and then I've had it described to me that you start to experience that honeymoon phase, this sense that you've entered almost an endless vacation, right? Uh, spending more time with, uh, you know, loved ones or maybe on doing things that you enjoy or hobbies that you haven't been able to, you know, do as much with when you were in your, you know, kind of the work mode in life. Um, so it's, it's a great time, right? And um, this phase is where um, some people tend to retain some of the previous routines that they had when they were in their work life um, as a way of just keeping some regularity there. And others find joy in seeing some of those things go away and establishing a new routine. Um, and there's no right or wrong way about it. It's just that initial transition. Once some of the initial challenges, you know, start to melt away, um, then you get to move into it the way that fits you best. So, so how long does that honeymoon phase last usually? Uh, it differs a lot. It does. And, okay, uh, sure. Right. I, I guess I will, maybe I should say that with all of these stages, not everybody experiences them the same, right? Sure. Um, I've had people say that the first two to five years of retirement were kind of like that honeymoon phase and others felt like, oh, you know, it only lasted a couple of months. And then I really just, you know, ran into a wall and felt like I needed to, to change or do something different because it didn't feel right. Right. And that's, that transitions right into that third, you know, stage that we see very commonly and we call it the disenchantment phase. What does that mean? So I don't want to put anybody off. Obviously you plan for a long time and you're while you're working and putting, you know, and saving for retirement. So you don't want to hear that, Hey, I'm going to go through a disenchantment phase. That doesn't sound encouraging at all. Right. Um, but just like, if you think of, uh, Think of a newly married couple that went through a honeymoon phase, mm -hmm. right? And then you start to settle into some of the realities of married life. And you might find that there are some things that you need to rediscuss or explore so that now that reality is set in, you're, you know, things aren't quite as perfect as maybe you thought they would be. And you just need to make some adjustments to make sure things work. Right? Sure, sure. So when within retirement, you can experience the same thing. Um you might find that after you get through that you know, honeymoon phase, you start to get restless, you start to get a little bit bored, you start to feel like, um, uh, the way I've had it best described to me is, I had a purpose when I was working. I had mm -hmm. accomplishments, listable accomplishments, and things that were tangible that I could say, I, I put this effort in and I can see the fruits of my labor, and now I feel like I don't have a direction I don't have accomplishments and purpose in the same way. And that can lead to some of those feelings of disenchantment. And like we said before, that can come, you know, two, three, four, five years, maybe it never comes. Um, or it could happen fairly quickly if you were someone that really thrived on that, you know, that process of 
accomplishment and accomplishment within your work life. Okay, sure. Well, and again, so hopefully the disenchantment doesn't last too long. And then the reorientation, is that just a, just a coming to the realization of, okay, this is what retirement is all about? Yeah. And I've, I've had some people say that it was the most rewarding phase. Okay. And others say that it was the most difficult um, because the reorientation phase is, you know, really where you have to think about more thoroughly and kind of reconstruct your identity as a retired person, which may be different from kind of the identity and, you know, life balance that you had when you were someone who was working. Sure. Um, I know that some people that I've worked with have actually found that even though they intend on staying retired from their career, they do find that they start to seek out, you know, minor employment or volunteer opportunities, um, kind of the feeling of working again, even if it's not because they need to, but because they want to. That's a big difference, too. And and I think that really the folks who are happy, I, th I think about my sister who retired, I don't know, five or six years ago. She's never been happier. She's living in the garden and doing her thing, right? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I remember the very first time you and I had these conversations, right? And we did our very first show. I told mm -hmm. you about my father, right. who was a physician for, you know, uh, you know, his entire professional career in the city of Madison. He was a pediatrician. He was someone who worked at a very high tempo and I never would have anticipated that he would enjoy retirement as much as he, he is. So he's on that other side of the spectrum where I think he really, he appreciated his life and loved what he did. And the go, go, go was fine. You know, it's can be exhausting at times, but um, I don't see him looking to go out and, you know, work part-time to fill the time. He's got plenty of things he's passionate about. He loves to learn about and do that you know, have replaced that part of his life. And, and he's as happy as can be in that way. Sure. I, I mean, I, I read a story about a guy, um, a senior executive, like, I'm sure much like your father. I mean, go, go, go fast pace. Boom. boom. He retired and, and he's living in Florida and he just to kill time, he washes boats. Right. You know, right. I mean, why not? There's no stress. He's outside near the water. I mean, Hey, Right. I, not to bring up a, a cheesy example, but I, oh, I just I always, <laughs> right. Well, I got a new cheesier one. Do you, um, do you remember the movie Forrest Gump? Yes, of course. Do you remember when he gets the letter from Lieutenant Dan about investing in some fruit company, yes. which was Apple and that they didn't have to worry about money anymore. Right? Yes. And, uh, not long after that, they show him mowing a huge, I think it's like a football field. And he said, I love doing it so much. I mowed that grass for free. Right. You just yeah. obviously there was some other things going on there with him. And but that was he just that's how he filled his time. He enjoyed doing it and he enjoyed, you know, serving. Absolutely. So. 888-908-0503 is the number you can call folks. And uh, so uh, in uh, in the list here, the stability phase is listed as five. What is that? Is that just. <sighs> yeah, I think at the back end of the reorientation phase, you kind of find your comfort zone and you start to establish what that identity is. Um, you get more comfortable with it and you start to kind of relax again, almost getting back to the honeymoon phase, but maybe in a more, you know, potentially realistic manner or a way that's going to now be sustainable for the remainder of your retirement. And it 
you know, many people then say that they find some relief in feeling like they they now know how retirement is going to be. They found a balance in terms of time they spend with family, um, you know, pursuit of hobbies, other things, and they just settle into that lifestyle in a, a much more permanent fashion. Sure. And again, well, on that note, we have covered some ground here already, and we've got much more to do. In fact, let's let's go ahead and invite folks to call. That sounds good. Well, you know, whether we're discussing, you know, here we're talking about the retirement stages, but financial planning, investment management, you know, in the end, it's really about a finding alignment for clients and the approach they're taking to the goals that they're looking to accomplish, helping them make informed and timely decisions and having the support of a strong financial team. So one thing, Steve, that seems very clear to us is the more time we have to work with a client, the bigger potential impact we can have, hopefully for the positive, and helping them bridge the gap between where they're at and where they want to be. And I bring that up because, you know, I know we're in the middle of summer right now, but if these things are on your mind, delaying just until the weather cools down or delaying until the market cycle changes or whatever it is that would cause you to take pause and, you know, think, you know, this is important, but I want to pursue it down the road. I'm telling you, there's never a better time than now. Let's maximize the amount of time we could have to work together and see what we can help you accomplish. That sounds great, Daniel. Folks, give us a call, 888-908-0503. An opportunity for you to get a financial roadmap put together, just like Daniel was talking about, a practical financial review. Find out where you are today and then end up with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. Starts with a call, 888-908-0503, 888-908-0503. Make that call today while you're thinking of it. And in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, deciding when to retire can be one of the hardest decisions you're going to have to make. Now, retire too late, and you may not have the energy to enjoy it. But if you retire too early, you could end up in financial trouble. Now, a financial advisor can help you put a financial plan together for your retirement. What we're going to do is go through a checklist of eight things to help you. We are back on Capital Insights. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sodal. Daniel Meyer is here. Dan, of course, having a great conversation. In the first segment, I thought it was great. We, you, you set up the whole thing about uh, the, the stages of retirement, and you took us through that and how important it is the, the earlier you start, the, the really the better off you're going to be. And it's easy enough to say that, but uh, but the reality is to do it is a whole other ballgame, isn't it? Absolutely. I, it's we always have reasons to put, you know, financial pursuit of, you know, kind of financial planning or meeting with an advisor off. And it's not only that also, uh, I was talking to my wife about this just this past week, I said, you know what, sometimes I think um, people have an impression of coming in and meeting with someone who does what we do, and they feel like they're going to be judged, or they feel like uh, it's not going to be comfortable, um, they're going to get told what to do. And it's just not the way it is. I mean, whether it's some of those thoughts that might make you feel like, I'm not sure I really want to do this or, you know, just, you know, traditional procrastination. I'm, I always stress that the more time we have, 
you know, to work with these things, the more impact we can make. And I think that's incredibly important for people to think about. Of course. Well, I like retirement readiness. Uh, I'm an old army guy. So readiness was always, (laughs) always something we talked about. So retirement readiness, also important. And uh, let's, let's go through the list. Let's see what we need to do to make sure that we truly are ready for retirement. Sounds great. Well, and I'm a believer in the more information you have, the better equipped you can be to handle whatever situation comes about. And like you said, initially, you know, as a financial advisor, we can help you put a plan together and help you also implement the plan initially and on an ongoing basis. But in the meantime, um, I'd still like to go through uh, kind of that readiness checklist and some things that you can do to take the initiative and start to get organized now. And so um, number one on the list is to take an inventory of your assets. Um, you know, whether you're working with an advisor or whether you're doing it yourself, before you can make a plan or get any idea on your progress, you'll need to figure out exactly where you stand. And this will involve not just looking at your investment accounts, um, any physical assets you have. So, you know, real estate, that type of thing. You also need to factor in the debts that you hold, maybe a mortgage you have on your home. Uh, consumer debt, personal debt, um, just like we would look at a what's called the financial health of a business, knowing their balance sheet, what do they have for assets and liabilities, and what is their net worth, and then also their cash flow statement. When the income comes in and the expenses go out, what is remaining there that they could potentially in, save or invest in order to help them build to where they want to go? So that's that's that uh, number one on the, the checklist. Okay, so take an inventory of your assets. And we've talked about this before, Dan, and that uh, the emergency fund and how key that is to essentially a successful retirement. It is. And when we do financial planning with clients, if we, we have a process of establishing, you know, what flexibilities do we need to plan for both within their retirement account assets, outside of their retirement assets. And so this is a bit more general, just saying build an emergency fund. Uh, But if you're not working with an advisor and doing plan specific, you know, flexibility within your portfolio, I think still being prepared for the unknown is absolutely key. So make sure you have, first off, money put away in that rainy day fund. Um, A lot of advisors would say three to six months of living expenses is a good number. Um, but beyond that, if, you know, especially if you're contributing healthily or even maxing out your retirement accounts and you've got already cash put away that is, you know, you're comfortable with, I, I like to call building that buffer zone of an investment portfolio that is kind of bridging the gap between your traditional bank or cash assets and your long-term retirement assets. Having something there as well uh, can do a lot for, you know, building our, our ability to handle adversity and also give you peace of mind. Sure. I mean, again, that really, and to me, that became so evident during during uh, COVID that, that the need to have that because you just didn't know what was going to happen. And the right. last thing I wanted to do was worry about, worry about money. You know what I mean? Yeah, we wanted to make sure that both as individuals and as families and then as a, as a nation, we wanted to make sure we were taking care of ourselves, you know, and and staying healthy and staying well and, you know, worrying about money with all the different things that were changing, you know, just added to the stress. Sure. Right? 
Absolutely. And one of the things, and, and we've talked about this before too, but it's so important to eliminate bad debt. And we've had that conversation too about bad debt versus good debt. Bad debt, anything consumer related? Yeah. Um, and I've seen different, you know, checklists or others that have put this information out there and the way they talk about this. And I specifically talk about bad debt, not just all debt. Um, I, I hear a very common retirement goal is to reach retirement age and have no debt. And I think that that is very liberating for people. But that being said, the process to get there has to be considered. And if getting to retirement debt free means that you're going to accelerate the payoff of a debt that has low interest or is, you know, not something that's really a burden to your your budget, um, and it's going to cost you, you know, the opportunity cost is you're not putting that money in, you know, you're on the investment side of your portfolio. Uh, what I would say is let's first just prioritize higher interest debt, credit card debt, consumer debt. And an easy rule of thumb here is if you if you have a couple of sources like this, list them out from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate and start putting um, the maximum amount you can towards the highest interest rate first until you knock out what I would classify as those bad debts. And then sure. after that's done, you know, you could then maybe consider eliminating the debt that is lower interest, but seriously balance that opportunity out with, you know, should I be investing that money or should I be paying down the debt further? Sure. Right. That's when you really need to make that that determination. Of course, 888-908-0503. That's the number to call, folks. And you can, uh, again, so we talked about getting rid of the debt. Um, our retirement needs, and is that from a financial standpoint, uh, Dan? Yeah, so number five, or number four, determining your retirement needs. That's having the, going through the process and having the conversation either with your spouse or just internally with yourself about, what am I really going to need in terms of a monthly paycheck once my work income goes away? And establish the needs first, you know, cover the wants later, but make sure you're very realistic about what those figures are. Um, I, I know that when my wife and I go through and look at a budget for ourselves and we figure out what it might look like on a month to month basis, and then we track and see how it actually goes we always undershoot in terms of the money that we're actually going to need. So, you know, in terms of establishing those needs, don't just, uh, you know, create a spreadsheet and list it out, but maybe track your spending for a couple of months and see what you're actually doing. And I would encourage you to use those figures more than just uh, self self-derived math that would help you uh, determine what that need is. Sure. So. Well, and we have to talk about health insurance. I mean, we can talk about Medicare. Uh, we've got to be 65 to get Medicare. There's also, if you're retiring earlier than that, there's that gap of, of health insurance. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think the main thing here, because there's there's so much to cover in this category, is just, um, you know, I phrase it as square away your health insurance. Sure. Figure out if you are going to be retiring early, what that gap looks like. Um, start to educate yourself on Medicare and some of the, you know, gaps that are there and also start to talk to professionals in that area as well. I mean, we have members of our team that understand these things and, and assist me in working with clients and getting these answers, but just start to clear up what that 
cost structure is actually going to look like so that you have the proper coverage, you didn't under or overestimate the number, and it fits well within your overall financial plan. Is this the time that you sort of get into long-term care as well and, and talk options there? Yes. Yes. I would I would put those two in that same category of figuring out not just that initial health coverage that you're going to have, but what long-term care may look like if you were to need it. Um, and I know for clients that we have, it's not just looking at, do you need insurance or, or not need insurance? It's also looking at what those situations might actually play out like. Are you going to you know, consider staying at home? Are you going to look at you know, more nursing home type care if that's something you end up needing? Um, and there's a number of other medical living options in between. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll just take three or four healthcare scenarios and build them out and project them for the client and show them what the financial implications are. Sure. Um, and that leads us into one of the most, I, I think, neglected areas of retirement planning, and that is estate planning. It's really important, though. It is. It is. It's, you know, it's tough to think about retirement without also thinking about a potential legacy that you may want to leave. Exactly. Um, you know, retired, it, it's not morbid to say that retirement is, you know, the ending phase of, of life in, in many ways. And so fast forwarding a little bit to the end of retirement, making sure that nothing you're doing in your retirement plan is, you know, goes counter to what you would like your estate plan to look like, and just make sure those two are in, in alignment. Sure. There's a lot of implications there, uh, you know, the devil's in the details. But for now, I'll just say that, you know, if, if you don't understand what that process looks like, or you have additional questions, obviously, first off, you can come in and talk to us about it. But otherwise, just take a look at your beneficiary designations, make sure they're correct and updated, and then consider, you know, the best fit in terms of wills, trusts, and then um, making sure you have the proper powers of attorney set up for some of those other things that may happen over the course of retirement. Sure. Again, 888-908-0503. We are up against the clock, Daniel. Let's go ahead and invite folks to call and, and fill up those spots on the calendar. Sounds great. In thinking about this readiness checklist, um, I encourage you to engage with this process uh, at an individual level, but I would tell you that if you really want to get uh, the answers that you're looking for in a more detailed plan, give us a call, come in and talk to us and, you know, really see what we can do. First off, remember, as I said earlier, this is a judgment-free environment. We're going to look at what we can do for you in the future. And we're in no way going to look at where you are today and judge how you got there. That's not the point at all. And also remember that this discussion, while we are going to be talking about our team and how we work is truly about you. You know, and really, you know, myself and, you know, by extension, the rest of my team are actually here interviewing for the opportunity and the privilege of serving you, not the other way around. So, you know, give us a call. Let's have a discussion and see uh, in what ways we could be potentially serving you. Sure. 888-908-0503. Really, it's a great opportunity for you to have your own individual circumstances reviewed. There's no cost. There's no obligation. You can find out things like how much risk you're taking. Find out if there's any red flags that could be a potential problem for you down the line. How about paying fees or commissions? Do you know how much you are? We were just talking about it, a potential tax liability. And of course, finding security in a lifetime retirement income plan that includes 
maximizing that very important Social Security benefit. Take advantage of the opportunity. Call us, 888-908-0503. Daniel's waiting, 888-908-0503. A quick break. We're coming right back, though. And when we come back, we are going to get into a discussion of a few alternative ways to think about retirement that may give you a... Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. We are back on Capital Insight with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and Daniel has been helping folks for a good long while, and we've seen some stuff, Daniel, over the over the last, uh, what, say 15 years that, that, I mean, we've all seen ups and downs, but you've sort of had to help folks through it and, and see it probably from a different perspective than most of us. Yeah, um, we talked about those different stages of retirement, um, how it looks different for everybody. And I have to say, um, for doing this as long as I have, it's it has always been different. I could not name two clients for you. Not that I could. My <laughs> identities of my clients are not something I reveal. But even if I could, I could not name two that have walked the same path and had it look exactly the same. So um, not only does that just educate the us as the advisory team on you know different things that we may encounter so we can just be better prepared for the next you know client that steps up and says hey i would like you to serve me and um you know do you have the background and experience to do so and i would say well i think that we do i think that we've helped a lot of people and each time it's been different and you know we all learn from that so sure and again we we're talking about alternative ways to think about retirement Okay, let's dig in. What what do we how, how do we begin that in terms of looking at retirement from you know essentially new eyes? What do we do? Sure. So my thought here was I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that might be slightly different from the traditional thoughts around what how to think about retirement, right? Okay. So maybe think of it as a couple of, you know ways to gain perspective or maybe even challenges on the status quo of how I think of retirement and what it looks like. So the first one was to dig in a little deeper to, you know, what we just barely touched on in the last segment, which is think about your legacy. And so instead of thinking, um, if you're in the five years leading up to retirement, instead of thinking about years one, two, and three, challenge yourself by fast forwarding to the end and thinking of the end first. Um, think about your estate plan, what legacy, if any, you would like to leave, uh, and how that may change your view of the years from when you start retirement leading up to that point, because everybody has a different thought about, you know, do they prioritize estate planning and leaving a legacy? Is it something that they don't really care about? Um, it's important to think about that when you're designing your, your distribution years of your retirement, because it can have major implications and what you do in those, uh, you know, call them middle years of a healthy retirement. So really, you're talking about essentially reverse engineering our retirement, start at the end and work back. Correct. I like it. And I, because I think what you'll find is, you know, I, I've, I've heard this a few times. And, and tell me, Steve, you've heard someone say this, right? I want the final check that I write to bounce. I have heard right? that before. Yes, indeed. Right. And so the, you know, someone that says that, and if they truly mean it is really saying, I don't, I don't put a lot of 
weight in, you know, or priorities. I don't prioritizing leaving money to family or to charities. I, I, I built up something for myself and I really would like to use it for my own purposes. And that's not wrong headed. And that's not, you know, selfish to think everybody has their own approach to, you know, the money that they've saved and how they would like to use it. And that's for them to decide. Um, but on the contrary, also, I've seen clients come in where if even if I lead the conversation by talking about retirement planning, they do immediately jump to the estate plan and start talking about, well, my retirement goal is to leave money to the kids or leave money to the the grandkids, which is very common nowadays that it's uh, it's about the grandkids. Oh, right? Of course it is. The kids, yeah. us, us, you know, older kids, you know, our grandkids are the priority, right? When when my family comes to visit, they're always super loving to everybody. But if the kids run out the door, that's that's who's going to get the first hug, right? Yeah, it's but it's, um, you know, and to each their own. It's what that looks like is completely unique client to client. So. All right, cool. And um, so we're looking at at. Um, Different ways to look at retirement. Uh, we, we often talk about the number. I mean, again, some years ago, there was that commercial with the number over everybody's head. Is there a magic number? Is that is that a thing? Um, depending on how you approach it, it could be a thing, um, right? I remember the commercial that you're, you're mentioning, and right? And fortunately, in that commercial, they weren't too far off because they didn't put one number that was the same above everybody's head, right? Everybody had a very specific number, and likely it's because they're showing that everyone's going to go through a process of establishing the number um, and then knowing what that number will do. But from for this discussion today, for those that are listening, I want you to, for just a moment, erase from your mind the idea that you're striving towards a magic round number of, you know, people say, I need 500,000 or I need a million or whatever other number they put out um, and, and what they feel they need for retirement and think instead of a percentage. I want you to think of two to four percent. And Steve, have you heard this before? What's that? Go ahead. So, so here's here's what I mean by two to four percent. Okay. All right. Yeah. Whatever whatever number you had in your mind previously, now take two percent or four percent of that number and do the math and calculate what it is. So, if you were thinking about a million, two to four percent would be twenty to forty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. The reason I want you to think two to four percent is depending on who you talk to and depending on the environment we're in, because this is always a, a shifting metric. Um, you know, there's a discussion around what's a sustainable distribution percentage from your portfolio. And so when I say two to four percent, what immediately comes to your mind? Does that sound encouraging? Does that sound low? Tell me what you what you feel when you, you hear that. Well, I, I think it seems low to me. Okay. When in it, you know, I, I get that. And I guess also, I'm sure if you're thinking about saving up a million dollars, the right. idea of 20 to 40,000 coming out, you think, okay, well, I thought I would have more than that. Right. Right. But if uh, let's first un explain why we came to those figures. Sure. So if, and, and this is not what we would call a, uh, you know, a plan where we would plan on distributing the money down to bouncing that last check. If we're talking about two to 4%, a lot of times clients are looking for a figure that's sustainable throughout a you know, 20, 30, 30 plus year retirement where they're really mostly living off of interest within their portfolio. And so it, you know, first off we have to think, okay, what is a reasonable return expectation? 
Well, let's say it was six or 7%. Well, if we want to say, use the 7% return figure, okay. if we have to assume then two and a half, three percent 3% inflation every year, right? If we had that million dollars go up to a million seven, one million seventy thousand, would not need to take thirty thousand of those gains, leave it in the portfolio, and then we can distribute that four percent. And then the following year, we're going to get four percent of a million thirty versus four percent of a million, and we're indexing our portfolio for success against inflation. And so I, I know that it, you know it. Factoring in inflation and what figure you use, especially right now when we see things inflating at a much higher rate than that, is a bit of a, it's not encouraging, but it is something that has to be done in order to, you know, really have a plan that is sustainable long term when it comes to distribution from a portfolio. Well, sustainability is really the key here in terms of, you know, one, making sure that that income continues to come in as we get through retirement. Correct. Absolutely. So, well, and so uh, again, so you think about that. All right, two to four percent. I understand that. That makes sense. Um, so you mentioned minimalism here. Tell me what that. Tell me what that means, and and why are we talking about it? Right. So, I, and I love your reaction, right? Because it seems counterintuitive. Why would yeah. an investment advisor talk to a client about minimalism, right? And for those that have never, you know, researched the phrase or the you know, what it means beyond the name of it, or maybe just in passing conversation, I think you would find it surprising, surprisingly informative, both to the retirement lifestyle planning process. And also just, I find it enlightening in my personal life, because, you know, min minimalism is all about owning only what adds value and meaning to you in your life. And so the idea there is that there's no predetermined, you need to own 100 things or less, you don't need to live off a certain um, you know, monthly income or less. It's not about having less money. It's also not about living a less, even lavish or enjoyable lifestyle. It's about getting rid of things in your life that create noise and maybe don't necessarily provide the most value to you. So I'll give you a, a couple of examples. Okay. Because I think, first off, you can approach this from a couple of different ways. One way is, okay, if I if I look at my day-to-day -day life and I figure out there, there's some things that I own that take up my time, but I don't really love or need them. If I remove them, what do I do with the time I've just freed up on a monthly basis? That's something that can be different for everybody. I know people that are personal friends of mine that have used this thought process because they were very spiritual people, but they found that they didn't have enough time in their life to to do the things they would want to do on a regular basis to keep up with that in their life. They found some things that were not necessary, removed them uh, from, you know, from owning them. And they found that additional time as a way to, you know, grow stronger in their faith, but you could approach it in any other way, additional time with family, um, additional time pursuing the things that you like, and maybe even um, unintentionally finding that, you lower your monthly cost of living, but you actually improved your quality of living. Sure. All right. Well, I like the way you did, laid that out there, Daniel. And and on that note, let's uh, let's go ahead and invite folks to call and and really take advantage of this opportunity. Sounds good. Well, 
in light of talking about finding more time for what's important, I mentioned earlier that the more time you have working with a financial professional, the more the, it heightens our ability and enhances our ability to really make an impact and maybe bridge a gap between where you're tracking to go and where you would really like to be, right? And depending on what that change may be um, or what's necessary, um, you know, today is always better than tomorrow. That delay does not benefit you at all. So give us a call. Let's sit down, whether it's helping you get organized initially with your financial plan, um, or if you've got some fear about what's going on in the markets, a downturn of 5, 10, 15% would not only cause you to lose sleep, but it might also throw off your ability to accomplish what you want. You may be taking too much risk. You may be missing out on some things from an organizational standpoint that you know, could really benefit you without needing to take additional dollars away from you. Let's take a look at the picture and see what we can do to help. All right. I like it, folks. Take advantage of it. Make that call. That's how it starts. 888-908-0503. 888-908-0503. It's an opportunity to get that comprehensive financial review that Daniel just described, plus all the extras that go along with it. There's no cost. There's no obligation. All you have to do is make that call today. 888-908-0503. Don't procrastinate another moment. Make that call. 888-908-0503. Quick break. We're coming back. Another segment here on Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. And we are going to dig into what... We are back on Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, of course, boy, Daniel, you have really taken us through some pretty interesting steps when it comes to just getting ready for retirement. It is a process, and boy, it becomes clear. Uh, the sooner we really get serious about it, the better we're going to be. Absolutely. Whether it's the time that you and your advisor will have to potentially make changes and giving time for those changes to have an impact, or, you know, we've talked a couple of different ways today about how to think about retirement, how to frame it up and how to gain a unique perspective on it. So you're aware of what the process will look like for you uniquely. And so time is always our ally and our friend when it comes to this process. Folks, it's a phone call away, 888-908-0503. It's a comprehensive financial review, no cost, no obligation. Get those questions answered. That's what Daniel's here for. He can help, 888-908-0503. He will help put together a financial roadmap for you that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement, 888-908-0503, 888-908-0503. 0503. All right, let's jump into some questions here, Daniel, as we do. And uh, let's see, um, uh, Joyce says, I was listening to you last week and heard you mention income allocation versus asset allocation a few times, but I'm still a little confused on the difference. Now, I'm five to seven years from retirement and trying to gain a better understanding of these things. Can you recap what that difference is just one more time? Sure. So, I, and again, I speak somewhat in over generalities when we talk about this on the show, but um, let's talk about it in terms of really when they each apply, right? So in the accumulation phase, prior to getting to retirement, when you're saving and growing, um, asset allocation is, you know, really how you're spreading out risk within your portfolio um, in the different subsectors that you could be invested in. So, um, 
equities, bonds, alternatives, cash, some of the further sectors, you know, are you exposing yourself specifically within your portfolio um, to tech or energy or, uh, you know, foreign um, holdings, that type of thing. Um, the allocation is how you're balancing risk and looking to get return. Uh, you, that still will apply when you move into retirement um, because you, you know, will still retain, hopefully, some portion of your portfolio in a growth mode that you will manage with, you know, kind of an asset allocation approach, as I just discussed. But the idea behind income allocation is that we conceptually are thinking of taking some of our um, assets or taking your overall portfolio and carving out a piece of that pie and specifically looking to use it um, to create income. Maybe so if you've got, you know, pension or social security coming in and you've got a gap you have to make up in between what those provide you and what you need on a monthly basis, um, having a specific and intentional goal with a portion of your assets to fill that gap in a sustainable way um, so that it, and, and that looks different from how you position investments than if you're more in growth mode, if you will. So sure. it could involve the use of, you know, kind of laddering out some, you know, fixed income positions. It could involve you, the use of, you know, an income-based annuity or something like that. Um, the actual approach it's taken would be specific to the uh, situation that we come across. All right. Well, again, there you go, Joyce. 888-908-0503 is the number you can call. All right, thanks. And uh, let's see, Barry is up next. Barry says, I am 60 and scheduled to retire in 18 months, but I'm stumped about taking Social Security as it relates to IRA withdrawals. Now, my full retirement age is 67. I always assumed that I'd take Social Security as soon as possible. My logic has been that by delaying or limiting the withdrawals from my IRA, it would be able to continue to grow and earn more money. Am I way off on this one? So there's, yeah, there's a lot going on there, Barry. Uh, you're not way off. You're thinking about this correctly and that you're trying to find a strategy between your IRA and your social security distributions uh, to find a way for them to complement each other so that you can maximize what you get out of both. So your mind is in the right place from a planning standpoint. Um, whether that is the right strategy or not for you, there will be some additional things that we need to take a look at. One would be um, how, frankly, how large your IRA and your other retirement assets are um, when looking at the need they need to fill in terms of your uh, retirement expenses. And then beyond how that looks once we get into having to take required minimum distributions. So there may be a strategy here where it makes more sense to actually change gears and go the other way if we want to limit the impact of some of those RMDs down the road, let the Social Security benefits start to tick up a little larger and actually wait till, you know, one of the later dates that or ages that you could take a distribution um, by taking using the IRA earlier, um, but it really depends on, on how those numbers lay out. So that's where the planning process of projecting things benefits us so much because we can put in reasonable ex expectations, run both scenarios side by side and see where you get the most bang for your buck. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 888-908-0503. Uh, give us a call and uh, we can make it happen. Eight, uh, the, uh, Barry, let's see. David has a question now. Uh, David says, with a recent downturn in the stock market, I'm looking for ways to protect my portfolio. 
I know of the adage, diversify, 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 but what does that actually mean? And how do I go about diversifying to protect my investments in volatile markets? I like his question. Yeah. And right now in the you know market cycle that we've been in, um, it's, you know, I understand the old adage, diversify, 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 and it's definitely an important thing to do, right? Um, again, like we were speaking about earlier with that, you know, asset allocation, having exposure to different asset classes or subsectors of the market that are not necessarily correlated with each other so that as, you know, what most people track as the quote unquote market, you know, the S&P or the Dow goes up or goes down, you have other investments that are not necessarily going the same direction. And that tends to smooth out the, call it the uh, trajectory and growth of your portfolio long term. That being said, in the, you know, short to midterm, you know, you could also challenge that old adage a little bit and say, okay, if I, the old adage of diversify, diversify, diversify also tended to speak to you know, kind of that balance between stocks and bonds. And, you know, we talked about last week, Steve, in terms of a little bit oversimplification of just I'll, I'll own some bonds to, you know, not correlate with what the stock market's doing, and then I'll be okay, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Well, in the last two major economic and market downturns, we've seen most bond categories take a hit when equities took their largest hit, which makes you wonder, okay, if that was a diversifier that was meant to help smoothen out the road or you know, ideally go up when stocks went down so that it kept my portfolio balance and, and, and performance more level and maybe even gave me a place to divest from and buy equities when they're down, if they went down at the same time, it didn't really serve that purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what I, all I would say there is it is an important concept and you know, being diversified versus being exposed to just a single sector is definitely important. But I think also getting that additional guidance and help from a, um, an investment team that takes a proactive approach to managing the portfolio so that they know, yeah, just equities and bonds and being diversified does smoothen the gap, you know, the ride a little bit. But some of the things that we just experience in the markets, like the interest rate hike cycle, you know, we could see some of what was coming with the bond side of the market specifically and plan for it such that if you've been primarily using short term bonds, as, as an example, mm -hmm. you really, you know, had a much better ride through this last market cycle than if you had a broad bucket of bonds of all different types. Okay. So getting that additional expertise so that within those categories, you know, it's we're kind of deploying the right assets at the right time to the best of our ability without having a crystal ball, but with having history and, you know, a lot of things in the markets to pay attention to, um, I think just enhances what a diversified portfolio can do because it's, it's not just diversified, it's diversified with a purpose. I like that. And, you know, when he was talking about um, protecting his portfolio, I mean, that's, that's forward thinking there. That's being proactive, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And good for him. And I, yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's not an easy, quick answer. Right. right. So, you know, David, what I just described probably leaves you with more questions than answers and my apologies for that, but really it, it would come down to us sitting down with you and seeing specifically where you're at and what makes sense because 
we want to diversify to try and hedge against downside, but we also want to make sure we're still leaving ourselves opportunity to get the growth needed as well. Sure. 888-908-0503. Give us a call. In fact, uh, let's go ahead and invite folks to call one last time today, Dave, Daniel. Sounds great. We've talked a lot about the advantages today of, you know, giving yourself as much time as possible and letting time be your, your ally in this process, um, both when it comes to financial planning or the management of your portfolio. That's really when we can be um, the most helpful and potentially create the most impact in terms of helping you get where you are today to where you want to be. And so as you think about that, um, you know, I encourage you to, you know, prioritize this discussion, give us a call, and let's sit down and take a look at how we could uniquely potentially serve you. Um, I know there's a lot going on out there right now in the markets. Um, there's a lot of noise about, you know, where we're at in this market cycle. Some feel like we're going to continue to go in the positive direction. Others feel like that's not the case. Um, part of that meeting also is I'll explain to you who our portfolio management team is, what our different roles are, and I will leave you also in that first meeting with kind of our outlook on how things stand. And uh, you'll be able to take a look at that. Some of that information is usually only dispensed uh, on a regular basis to our current clients, but you'll get a feel for where we stand now. So at least then you'll see how we think and how we work from an investment standpoint. So give us a call. Let's set up a time to talk um, and let's see how we could serve you uniquely. 888-908-0503. That's how it gets started, folks. It's going to be a comprehensive financial review that Daniel just described. You'll see that it's, uh, you know, see where you are today, but it's also that roadmap that we talk about getting you on your right road to retirement. 888-908-0503. 888-908-0503. Daniel, as always, it's a pleasure to get your insight on these things and, and, and so important for people to hear what you're talking about. I appreciate that. I always enjoy these conversations, and I think it, these are important conversations to have. Um, we try and talk through as much as we possibly can to inform all those that are listening. But in the end, what would really be of most benefit is if we can sit down and talk to you directly. So, All right, folks, I encourage you to give us a call, 888-908-0503. We appreciate that you're listening, and we're going to come back again next week with new topics and questions and all. Investment advisory services offered through Daniel Meyer, registered investment advisor. During the show, Daniel Meyer provides general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and is not liable for the use of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial products. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when they do, may be worth more or less than the investment. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed for concerns refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities for investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Forge Private Wealth. By contacting Forge Private Wealth, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.